Tonight I want to talk a little bit about um, about the Emadin in the context of Rav Schwab. Um, a little bit of a background about Rav Schwab in a different than we discussed in the very first Vad. Um, Rav Schwab was known uh, as the Isha Emes. I remember when he died uh, in the Jewish Observer, they had a picture of him. Jewish Observer was a, uh, like a monthly uh, periodical uh, published by the Agudis Israel. It's no longer in print, but it was a very, uh, a very popular and very, uh, I think, important contribution to Klal Yisrael at the time. Uh, it had very good articles and, uh, you know, very meaningful with the right Ashkafas. And um, anyway, there's a picture of him and it said Isha Emes. That was basically what Rav Schwab was. He was very medactic, always on being truthful. And uh, he had, in fact, a famous quote that says, 99% MS equals 100% Sheker. Meaning if something is just, it's almost 100% true, but there's a little part of it that's not true, it's 100% Sheker. It's not like you get, you don't get credit for being almost truthful. You have to be totally truthful in Rav Schwab's world. And um, there's a story that was told in that magazine uh, and I put it in, uh, this is a book that I wrote on uh, called Great Jewish Journeys. It's on the Kibrit Sadikim um, around the world. Uh, so Rav Schwab, uh, towards the end of his life, he was, uh, uh, he called in a very wealthy individual, and uh, I happen to know the individual quite re- well, and he, he said that, um, you know, people call me an Ish Emes, people call me a, a man of truth, and um, and I want to tell you something that uh, in yeshiva, in our yeshiva, the Broyer's yeshiva, uh, we are close to a million dollars uh, our deficit, and most of it is because we're not paying our rabbeim. We owe over a million dollars, close to a million dollars, to our rabbeim, to our moros. Unfortunately, this is a, a reality in many yeshivas uh, around the world that. Uh, it's very hard fundraising, and the Rabbeim and the Murris are uh, very often not paid on time, and they have, uh, as if they don't have the same bills as, uh, as everybody else in the world, but they are unfortunately easier to, uh, I guess, to push off than vendors and uh, Con Ed and, you know, other things. So uh, he says, they consider me uh, an Ishemis, and I'm the rub of a kehillah that specializes in Torah Imderech Eretz. You know, Torah Derech Eretz is the Hershian philosophy. They have to have Torah together with Derech Eretz, together with uh, uh, to being a mensch, basically, being a, being a good, fine Balmidas. He says, I'm, what am I going to do? He says, I'm going to die soon. I'm going to be going to the best in Shamala, and they're going to throw me into Gehenim. I'm, I'm two-faced, I'm a hypocrite, I'm, I'm the Rav of Akela that, you know, Ishemes and Tarim Derech Eretz, and, uh, and all of a sudden, how do I go to Elam HaEmes with, uh, with close to a million dollars owed to Rabbeim and to Morris? It doesn't, he says, I'm begging you, you have the money, I don't have the money, get me out of Gehenim, pull me out of Gehenim. This is what Rav Schwab said to this guy, and this, this guy is a very, very wealthy individual, but as wealthy as you are, it's still not easy to give away a million dollars just like that. Um, and this person told me this story, you know, it, it sort of, uh, 
you know, whitewashed a little bit, I guess, in the Jewish Reserve, that everything was fine, and he gave him the million dollars and everything, but he told me he went down to his car, and he was schwitzing. Like, he didn't know what to do. He, he told Rav Schwab that I have to think about it, and Rav Schwab said, I'm going to call you in uh, whatever, in an hour, and I expect an answer, and I hope it's the right one. And he was, it was, it was very difficult for him, but anyway, in the end, he did it in installments. Uh, he said, by yeshiva dinner, uh, he will you know, have all the money paid. The yeshiva dinner was, I don't know how long, but weekly he was paying whatever the amount is uh, divided by a million, a million divided by X number of weeks. And, uh, and then the night before the dinner, it was paid in full. Then there was yeshiva's dinner on Sunday night. And the following evening on Purim Cotton, Rav Schwab was nifter. So just in the nick of time, he was nifter and he was you know, able to go up to the Lama Emes uh, with a clean slate. Now, if you go to Rav Schwab's kever, he's buried in Clifton, New Jersey. Clifton, New Jersey is very near Passaic. They're like neighboring cities. And uh, I know the cemetery well because my father, Al Shalom, is buried there. Uh, he was nifter almost exactly 10 years ago. We're making a Kiddush, Mitzvah Hashem, the Shabbos, a hot Kiddush in Lezeich and Um But it was 10 years ago on the day after Sam Gedalia that he was Nifter um, during a Sersimei Tshuva. And anyway, he's buried in the same, in the same base island, the same uh, section of, of this cemetery in Clifton as Rav Schwab and Ezra Breuer. And if you go to Rav Schwab's kever, and, and many people go, there's like a whole mountain of, of rocks. You know, the minig is when you go to a, when you go to Beis Salem, uh, some people have the minig to put a stone on it. There's like a whole mountain of stones on top of Rav Schwab's, on top of Rav Royer's. And it says on his kever, I'll show it to you in a second, that here is buried, I'm translating, Mariner of Shimon, Ben Hachaver of Yehuda, Zatzal Schwab, Rab de Kilogadesha Kaladas Yeshurun, that's Breuer's in Hebrew. Milusnim Shimesh Brabonis Bedamstadt. In Germany, he was a rob in a city called Darmstadt, and then in a place called Ichenhausen, or Ischenhausen, and then in Baltimore. And then he, after Baltimore, he went up to New York, where he was invited to join Rob Breuer uh, as like co rabbonim in, in the very illustrious community of Kaladas Yeshurun. He was Nifter on Yud Dalit Adar Aleph Tafshin Nun Hey. That was 1995. And then he says, Under Vashem Imai the name of his mother is Chana. Um, and then it's very strange. I, it's very, I don't think I've ever seen a kever like this. He has a little, like a, like a Pasuk, in, if you could see under the main uh, epithet, there's, a, there's like a footnote almost, like another little framed uh, section in which he, and he wrote this himself, this wasn't written for him, he, he dictated exactly what he wanted, uh, he left in his tzavah, oh, this is what I want to make ever, and on it there's a pasuk that says, mechase pesha'av lo yatzliach, if you cover up your sins, you will never succeed, you're not going to succeed in whitewashing your averis, you're in, in, in covering up and trying to, uh, in, in trying to, to conceal your averis, but somebody that's maida, somebody that confesses the Aizev and he abandons his Averis, Yeruchim, he will find compassion. Hakarishbarcha will be Maikalim. And then it says it's a Pasigan Mishle Perak Khapas. Obviously, whoever goes to this kever 
or whoever is looking at a picture of this kever is a little, it's confusing. Like, why was Rav Schwab, you know, there's many psukim you could put on a, on a kever. This would not be, I guess, my top five even. Like, what, what does this have to do with, is he trying to convey something? Is there something that he's trying to confess himself maybe? Is he giving musr to people coming? Like, what's, you know, what, what's going on here? Why, why would he choose this of all, of all psukim to put in his matzeba? So, and it always bothered me before, you know, even before I read anything about this, it bothered me. And then I saw that Rabbi Meyer Schwab, which is one of the Rav's sons, he writes in a biography that he wrote about Rav Schwab, and he speaks about this pasuk. One can only speculate why he wished for this pasuk, why, why this pasuk of Opsukim. But his instruction to his children upon misbehaving was always, don't cover up for your sins. Don't prolong the agony. Face the music. He would say, do tshuva and go on being a good person. So meaning that we don't know exactly why he wrote this passage. You can only speculate what he was trying to accomplish. It's not clear. But his son is saying, at least his hypothesis is, that it was very much in line with the Hashkafa Sachaim of Rav Shwab. If ever one of his kids would get in trouble, would do something wrong, so a lot of times what you do is you cover up, you know, and you, you say, I didn't do it, and then it turns out that you did do it, and then you get in more trouble. And uh, like they say in, in politics, sometimes you have a politician, and uh, he gets caught doing like a really bad thing. And what does he do? He covers up, right? And then, then of course, they're always going to f- figure out that it's a cover-up, and then he gets... It wasn't, you know, it's not the sin, they say it's the cover-up. And if you would, sometimes, you know, if you're just honest about it, let's say I did something wrong, I did an Avera, so, or I wronged somebody. So the best thing to do is just be completely transparent and face the music. Just say, listen, I have no excuse, I did something wrong, my bad, I need you to forgive me. That's it. But instead we say, it's not my fault. And, uh, you know, it's that person's fault. I didn't really do it. I, uh, you know, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then, of course, you, you eventually get busted. People will figure out that, you know, like, you know, you, you were with us. You, we, know that you, we, know that you, we know that you did something wrong. Why'd you lie? You know, now we don't trust you anymore because you lied. It's much better to just be honest. People understand that we're, you know, people understand that, we, we're not perfect. People understand that we sin. People understand that we make mistakes. And, and sometimes the mistakes are really bad. But it's very important in life to not cover up, to just face the music and do tshuva and go on being a good person. Just because we sin doesn't mean that we're terrible, uh, you know, unforgivable people. We're good people. We're all good people. We're all the Amechulam Sadiqim. We're all good people. But sometimes we do something wrong. Sometimes we do something wrong. Sometimes we do, a lot of times we do something wrong, and, and that's not a good thing, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to, to confess. That's, there's a mitzvah to confess, and it's called tshuva. The mitzvah, the Rambam says, the mitzvah of tshuva is vidui. Visvadu aschatosam, that you have to be misvadu, you confess. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is eager for us to confess, and you just admit, God, I wasn't good this year. I did X, Y, and Z. I'm going to really try to change. Tavshanai and Dal is going to be a much better year. I'm going to change. I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to really work my hardest. To, but confess. It's good to confess. It's good to just face the music and make sure that, you know, that whatever we have done, 
we have owned up to. We're big boys. We put on our, you know, we... we we, we just come to the Rabbani Shlem, or we come, we come to other people, and we say, listen, I know that I wronged you. You know, I said something that wasn't nice about you, or I screamed at you, I was rude to you, I, was, I, I, I ignored you, whatever it is. I hurt you, I damaged you, I, 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 I caused you pain, I caused you suffering. And if you go over to somebody, especially this time of year, it's especially apropos, and you tell that person, I'm really sorry, I, you know, I... I you know, I have no excuse. I, I did it, and I'm sorry, and I, please forgive me. Then, you know, more often than not, the person will forgive you. And Hashem will forgive you. But you have to follow the dictate of this Pasuk, of Mechaseb Shav Loyetzliach. If you cover up your sin, you will not succeed. You'll, you know, you're putting a Band-Aid over it, but the Band-Aid doesn't heal it. It just, it's still under the Band-Aid, the Avera. <laughs> but if you admit to it, and you abandon your Averis, you will be, you'll be forgiven. Hashem will, will, will have mercy on you. His son continued that his annual commentary to the Dayenu song that we sing on Seder night, what's the last line of, of Dayenu? Dayenu is like a very historical uh, poem. It goes through all the things from Elohei Tzernu Mitzrayim. If you had taken us out of Mitzrayim, Le'asem Shvatim, Dayenu, you didn't do the miracles. If you would have, you uh, lost some shvatim, you didn't just destroy their gods. We go through Shabbos, we go through Mount Tyre, and we go through uh, fighting the, the kings and Eretz We go through step by step. What's the final, what's the, the climax of the Dayenu? After we go through many, many steps of if you had done this without that, it would have been enough. Now we're getting to the climax. What's the last line? And the last line is. Um, that ilu hechnisano lebeis habechira. I'm sorry. Uvanu lano lebeis habechira lechaper al kol avaynesenu. Right, that you built for us a beis hamikdash to be mechaper for all of our averes, which means to say that everything, the ultimate purpose of Yitzchak Mitzrayim and Matan Taira, and the Midbar for 40 years, and entering Eretz Yisrael, and building the Beis HaMikdash, was for one thing, to stand before Hashem without sin. To be mechaper That is the goal of our life. Rav Schwab's diary, which we've spoken about a number of times, and we'll speak about it more, Mitz Hashem, was replete with the tefillah that when he reaches the end of his life, he will stand before Hashem's throne free of sin. That is the ultimate, the ultimate wish that a, that a thinking individual, that a thinking Jew will have. His hope will be that when I die, whenever that day is, I want to go up to Shemaim free of sin. I want to be free of sin. Imagine if you're able to go up to Shemaim, you don't have a single thing to worry about. You don't have to worry about all the Lashon Hara and all the Shemir Sainayim and all the Shemir Sabris and all the Shemir Salashin, all the things that we have neglected over the years. You don't have to worry about it. All that guilt and all of that worry and all that grief that we had, nothing to worry. You go up to Shemaim, they, they think you're the Chavetz Chaim. How does that happen? It's very easy how it happens. It happens through Tshuva. And what is Tshuva? Tshuva is the ability to confess to confess in the most basic way. You've come to the Rabbani Shalom, 
and you and you tell him Chatasi Avisiu Pashat I did terrible stuff to you. And that's that's very human. It's human to to sin, but it's divine to be able to go and stand before Hakadosh Baruch Hu and say, I know that I did bad, and I want to do tshuva. And you have to go through the process of tshuva. You have to have charat ala You have to have kabbalah ala asr. You have to be mitzvada. Three steps, but they're easy. The Chavetz Chaim say, the Torah says, kikar it's, it's not hard. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but it's accessible to us. It's, it's possible to do. We could do this. We got this. We just have to have sincere remorse and not want to go back and do the Avera and wish that we had never done it in the first place and then be misvada, confess the Rabbi Nishan. It just you know, occurred to me there was another Maisa with Rav Schwab that when he was a Rav in Baltimore, so he got off of a bus somewhere and there was a woman who used to daven in his shul or occasionally daven in his shul and apparently she went like completely OTD and he saw her coming out of a church. It was like a Sunday morning or something. He saw her coming out of a church. All right, you don't really, you know, want to bump into a Schwab coming out of a church, but that's exactly what happened. And she, and he, like, is trying to, like, I guess, ignore her. And she comes running over, Rabbi, how are you? Do you remember me? And whatever. And she says, you know, she says, Christianity has something very, very good that Judaism should really adopt. This is what she says to Rav Shrab. He says, and he didn't really want to talk to her about it, but like he started, you know, she said, oh, you want to know what it is? It's, it's the confessional. It's a confessional. You go on Sunday morning, uh, you go to the Galach, they sits in a booth behind, uh, you know, some lattices, and he's sitting on one side, of you, and you confess to everything that you did wrong that week, and, um, and, and they say, you know, you know, machalach, machalach, and, and basically, and you're, and you're absolved of all the sins that you did, and then you do it again the next week. It's great. You can do whatever you want the whole week, you know, and then Sunday, you go to, I see it every, every Sunday morning I, as I'm passing by Yeshiva, there's a whole, you know, a line of people waiting to get in to this uh, confessional on, right by, on Main Street by my house. It's, he says, she says, a great idea. It's like, Judaism should really adopt this. Amazing. You know, you're able to confess and you get complete atonement. He said to her, and he really didn't want to talk to her, I don't think, but he said to her, he says, he says we invented the concept of, of confession. We invented the concept of vidu. That's a Jewish idea. But instead of being misvaded to some bus of a dumb that, you know, that, that has no right to even hear what you did wrong, we confess directly to Hashem. And when we confess to Him, He listens to us and He gives us atonement directly. And, and that's really what, what Shuvah is all about. We're, we're entering, we're already in the Measlichas, we're entering the Aser Shuva before we know it. Rashana, Tim Kippur, of course, Rashana, we don't have Vidoy, but the rest of Aser Shuva and Yom Kippur we do. And the the hergish that we have to have is we should be excited about being misvada. There's nothing more beautiful than standing before the Rabbi Yishlam and confessing and, and clapping al That's why, you know, I used to have a Sephardi friend and he said, like, I don't understand you Ashkenazim. He says, you sing the, the Ashamnus, you know, in like such a happy tone. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a carnival. Ashamnu, bagadnu, gazalnu. You're, you know, you're saying to the Rabbi Nisham, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been sinful and I've, uh, I've rebelled and I stole and I, and I, I spoke bad. 
what are you singing it for? Why are you so happy? And this is something that the Mepharshim actually deal with. And they said, some say, well, Vida is a mitzvah, so we're, you're supposed to do mitzvahs b'simcha. But the truth is that, and this is also what they say, that, that there's no greater simcha in the world than the simcha sakapara. The fact that we're able to be atoned, that we go up to Shemayim after 120, and we're able to have a completely clean slate, and we don't have to have on our, on our, on our record a whole laundry list of a million Averis that we have. We're able to literally delete everything just by merely saying Ashamnu and meaning it, Apagadnu and meaning it, Alchechachatanu and meaning it. That, is there a bigger simcha than that? Is there a bigger simcha than going up before the Rabbani free of sin? There's no greater zchus than that. We can go through a whole life and we've had a, you know, a checkered past and we've done a lot of stuff that we shouldn't have done maybe. In high school I did this, so I did that and, and I did that here and, and, you know, and, and go through a whole life of stuff, of, of things that we don't feel so proud of and, and we're able to merely, by being misvada bepeh, we get a mitzvah for it. Not only do we get a mitzvah, if you do tshuva me'ava, the zedaynes are nasas ke zachies. We're actually, we get credit for it. We all those averas are like, you know, ever play Othello? Anyone know what the game of Othello? So you're able to like flip over every piece, every avera becomes flipped over to a mitzvah. That's an incredible. I mean, not only are the averas that I'm so guilt ridden about and so, and I feel so horrible that I've done them. Not only do do they get cleaned up, but they actually become tremendous sources of schusim for me. Now, why that is, that's a different question. Rebarach Ber used to say that um, the reason why they become schusim is because they, the Averis are a heksher mitzvah. I, mean, I couldn't get the mitzvah of tshuva unless I did Averis. You don't do Averis in advance to get the mitzvah of tshuva. Once I did Averis, now that's a, the Averis is a heksher mitzvah for tshuva, so that the Avera itself is a, is a mitzvah. But whatever that is, whatever, be that as it may, there is a... Uh, there's no great. That's why we sing it because it's. It, there's. We should be dancing when we during the Ashamdas. If we understood the the preciousness of being able to stand before the Rabbi Nisham and fess up and say, "This is what I've done. I'm very ashamed about it. I wish I hadn't. I'm human. I have. I have all the excuses in the world. But at the end of the day, it's unforgivable. Please forgive me." And then we have to do this and that's much harder because at least Hashem, we feel, understands us. He's not talking back to us. He's not looking, you know, he's not looking askance. We're saying it's a mitzvah and, and he's happy that we're there. That's fine. But like when you go to people that you really hurt, it's altogether a different problem, right? You go to a roommate, you go to a parent, you go to a sibling, you go to a child, you go to a, um, a Rebbe maybe. And like, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I was really out of line when I did these things. Um, it's hard. It's very hard to do that. It's very hard to pick up that phone and make that call. But hopefully the person will accept it and will, and will embrace you, if not physically, then, uh, then, then at least verbally, and will say that you're forgiven and everything is okay, we're cool, everything is good. But all these things are necessary because even if you are misvada in front of the Rabbi Nishayim, you still ain't yamakipur mechaper, Yom Kippur is not mechaper for the averis that are ben adam lechaverai. You know, it's nice you you're, you got mechila from Hashem, but now you got to get mechila from people that you've wronged. And it's hard, first of all, to remember how many people we wronged. You know, that's a, that's a job in and of itself. 
But we, I think we all have a good idea if we stop and think for a few minutes. And we could probably make a short list of a few people that we weren't as nice as we should have been over the course of the year or years. And uh, we've wronged. Maybe there was a, you know, somebody that we, uh, that we bullied. You know, it doesn't have to be last year. It could be when we were kids. I remember one year I was learning, um, I was learning Shari Tshuva with a group of Talmidim after, after davening. And, um, and we learned that Rabbi Yenis says, like, sort of like, you have to be courageous. You have to, like, if you wrong somebody, you have to go and you have to track them down and you have to ask Mechila. So I said to the guys, like, does anyone have anyone in mind like that, you know, that we, like an open, an open, an open issue that was never properly closed? And I said to them, like, I don't know if you have any, but I, you know, I remember when I was in ninth grade, there was a, uh, a boy, and, uh, and I wasn't so nice to him. No, no one was really nice to him. There's a reason for it, but like, whatever. But I, I, was, I was not, I, I wasn't nice to him. And I regret it to this day. It wasn't something that, I wasn't like necessarily mean, but like I was, I could have been nicer to him. And it's, it's, there's more to, to the story, but suffice it to say that I felt very bad. And I, I decided that I wanted to track him down wherever he was in the world and, um, and, and, and ask him for mechila. So I Googled him. So it's an interesting thing. I, um, back in the... Uh, in like the um, like in the early two thousands, and I, you find this all on Google. He's very matzliach. He was um, he's not from today. That, not because of me, but he's not from. Uh, and he was very very matzliach uh, in real estate. He had uh, he was a very big developer in Dumbo, which is like down under the Manhattan Bridge. It's like a very spitz area, and he had a he had a little yacht. And, uh, you know, and he had, he was living as, as far as Ilam Haza is concerned, he was living quite well. And then all of a sudden, like, that, all these articles about him were, like, old. You know, it was, like, after, like, 2008, I think, like, you didn't see anything about him anymore. It's, like, as if, I didn't know he was, I, I thought he wasn't alive or something. I got scared that I wouldn't be able, that he wasn't alive, and also that I wouldn't be able to ask Mechila anymore in this world. And, um... Anyway, so I called up a mutual friend, a friend that I know had continued having some sort of a kasher with him, at least a little more than I did, and uh, and he uh, he gave me his brother's his brother's phone number. I called his brother. He gave me his email. He you know he gave me his number. I said I don't really want to call him. I'd rather email. And emailing is much easier. Just press the send button. You don't have to actually. Uh, so I emailed him and. Uh, he said, you know, I, I told him that I was sitting this morning, I said, what I do, and I'm, I was sitting with some students, and, you know, we were learning Rabbi Niyayna, Shari Tshuva, and uh, I decided that, you know, I owe you a mechila. I have to ask you mechila. I wasn't, I was wrong. It was ninth grade, I was going back a long time, but, you know, please be Michael. He, he wrote me back. He said, I really don't remember that you did anything wrong. He says, I, I don't remember anything bad that you did. I remember other people maybe did bad, but I don't remember you ever doing anything bad. But um, he says, and if you did, then I'm Michael, I, I forgave you a long time ago. Anyway, what happened to him? He was, he was mamish doing very, very well. And then in 2008, I think it was, the markets crashed and there was a, uh, it was a huge meltdown, a financial meltdown. The whole world was like literally at the precipice of, 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 of like 
there being no monetary system in the world. It was a very frightening time. Uh, it was actually this time of year. Anything like this always happens this time of year, like right before Rosh Hashanah, because every, every time the markets crash or every time you know, the markets melt down or, or 9-11, all these major events always happen in this time of year, in this block of the year, because HaKesh Baruch is just sending us messages that he wants us to do tshuva. And anyway, and he was heavily, I guess, leveraged, and he lost everything. Mamish went from riches to rags, and uh, and you know everything that he built and everything that he had. He, it's is anyway. But my point is that you have that you have to do this. You have to do in this world. You have to track people down. And I think we all have people, maybe in high school, maybe in Israel, maybe uh, in elementary school, that we weren't nice to. We weren't you know so good to. We maybe we made a click against them and whatever. Or, uh, we could have been nicer and and. It's hard to do. It's sometimes, you know, we stole money from people or we, uh, you know, we, we work for somebody and we, we used to take stuff from them. Or like, we all have our, 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 our things that we're carrying with us. And in, this is the world that we have to make amends. You can't, once you die, that's it. You, don't, you lose all the opportunities to do tshuva and kapara. So it takes work, it takes effort, but it's kedai to do it. We, we might not ever be able to really you know, fix everything that we've done wrong. To Hashem we can, but it's much harder. But at least the people that we feel uh, we can approach and we can do tshuva to and we can, uh, we can ask them for mechila, we have to really, it, it's kedai. It's, there's nothing more kedai because that way, like Rav Schwab, we'll be able to go up to the Rebbe at the end of our life and we'll be able to stand before him uh, free of sin.